Welcome to this week's episode of the People Podcast. Are you in human resources, recruiting professionally, or an entrepreneur growing a team? This is the podcast for you. We are going to bring you all of the latest trends, technologies, and strategies to take your workforce to the next level. Implementing the tips and know-how will enable you to create and keep a world-class workforce. Here is your host, Jesse Tinsley. Awesome. So I'm really excited today. I got Adam Gotson, Senior Vice President of Global Technology Solutions at Cielo RPO. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jesse. Uh, excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, my pleasure. And just to start off, maybe just give us a brief intro to your your background so the listeners kind of know a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, I, I lead technology solutions at Cielo. Uh, and Cielo is one of the world's uh, largest um, recruitment process outsourcing companies. Uh, so large companies outsource some or all of their recruitment process to us, um, and we operate under their brand, under our We, Bec- we Become You promise. And and I've got one of the best jobs, uh, not only at the company, but in the industry, where I get to um, uh, look after technology solutions. So applicant tracking, talent CRM, point solutions, all the different things in the industry that are out there to get recruiting work done. I get to uh, evaluate, implement, uh, optimize those tools for uh, to get recruiting work done. So it's a great, it's a great gig. Yeah, it sounds like it. What? So I'm curious just to get, dive into the, the subject matter. What are you most curious about right now in the recruiting like space? Yeah, that's a great question. There's a there's a ton of, of moving parts right now. I think there's um, a couple things that happened, right? So so there's some consolidation in the industry. Uh, there's a ton of new startups. There's a ton of venture capital out there, and it's it's creating a tremendous amount of noise for practitioners. So I joke sometimes that that all these HR tech startups have raised all a bunch of money and just hired giant sales teams to cold call them all day long. And so I think what what I see is is in some ways a coalescing of a vision around what the future of HR uh, and recruiting is going to, to be like because people start to think somewhat similarly, but also a tremendous amount of confusion about how to execute on that. And so I think what I'm curious about is, is first of all, how does some of that play out? How are how are we able to, or practitioners specifically, and a, uh, able to um, use technology to get better outcomes, not just you know fancy demos and, and those things, but really get better outcomes and change the experience of candidates. And I think further down the line, I'm, I'm curious about how candidates begin to react to that at scale. When just just an example, being able to do a an interview with a chatbot or a video interview today might be somewhat novel because only a, a percentage of companies do that. But how do, how does a candidate feel when eighty percent of the jobs they apply to have a video interview or a chatbot recruiter, and and how will that be received in the marketplace? And, and how will you know? I, I anticipate some sort of a backlash, but. Uh, looking to see how candidates react to that automation of the process. So, yeah, just a couple of things that I'm curious about amongst amongst many. Yeah, I think that's, that's definitely huge. I, there's a ton of noise in the space right now across all sorts of different technology companies that have recruiting solutions. And I, and I think one of the, the big advantages that I've talked about pretty extensively is the, the need for open APIs across platforms. So that these companies, all these technologies are communicating with one another as opposed to just si- like the old, some of these more anachronistic solutions are super siloed into what they do and they don't want to let anyone else on their platform. And I don't think that that's the, the way of the future. Uh, there are definitely companies that are making that choice today strategically to say, you know, we're going to build a, a platform and sometimes it's a platform on top of a platform, <laughs> yep. um, uh, uh, the second platform to, to sit on top of the ATS to do all the actual work. But We'll play nice with other point solutions, uh, and so I think there's some pretty clear lessons from, from sort of the open versus closed ecosystems that that I think will apply in this industry. But we'll also see how that that shakes out. 
Yeah, you, you brought up a, a very valid point. I think candidate experience is huge, especially with going into like corporate branding and, and candidate experience throughout the process. I, I kind of think of the recruiting process as like this journey from point A to from the starting day, the first day that you enter the recruiting process till the last day that you work at the company, right? That's like the candidate experience. And yep. I'm interested to see how technology plays out in that. I think a lot of a lot of companies basically kind of don't spend enough money or enough time on brand awareness. And I think I'm actually somewhat, I'm curious your thoughts on how chatbots kind of play into that, right? Because I feel like that would be a negative candidate experience, less, less human interaction. I think that's a huge value add from recruiting. Like RPO actually adds a huge value because you have that human component in the process as opposed to chatbots. It's not, especially with like highly technical roles or roles that are in high demand. How do you, how do you look at that? Like balancing, you know, automation with candidate experience. Yeah. So, so that's an awesome point. Um, and, and for us, uh, and, and we've done, we spent a ton of time on this, just uh, for, done lots of research on it. And we, uh, for us, it sort of boils down to personalization at the, at the very start. So how can we segment our roles to get people the experience that they want? And in some of our studies, we found personalization had a had a had sort of a breaking point on the type of role and the seniority required for it. A lot around sort of hourly roles was sort of that segmentation point that we found. So roles that are in you know, restaurants and retail and, and frontline service, uh, th- those types of roles, the number one driver for satisfaction was speed. And so for them, using some automation is actually a net positive experience. So they, they tend to like the chatbot. They tend to like self-scheduling. They're okay with, with audio and video interviewing. What they really care about is speed. And, and they, they didn't do a lot of research or put a lot of effort into much, <laughs> to be honest, until they got invited for an interview. And then once they got invited for an interview, then they would go back and read the job description carefully and do some research on the company and decide if they're going to go to that interview. But, but being able to understand that audience was, is, is really important to be able to say, all right, this audience speed is really important for us. So let's use some automation so we can get a fast response at scale, uh, a salary and definitely a highly technical audience. That's not at all the right experience. They want to be able to do research. They want access to information. They want to be able to talk to people. They want to be able to have, you know, be <laughs> wooed. Uh, they want to have, you know, the, the tours, the insights. They want to get behind the scenes to see what this is really like. And what they crave is authenticity. And so I think it all starts with personalization, but then making the right choices with automation based on what those groups of people want. Yeah, that's great. I think that's definitely, that makes sense, especially with high volume roles. Uh, speed definitely plays a, a large part into that. And so, what what are you most passionate about in recruiting today, like in, in general? So so for me, it is exactly that kind of experience. Of course, there's the things around automation and efficiency, but but none of that really matters if we're giving poor experiences, right? Like I, um, you and I are both relatively young guys, but I, I was around when some of the first ATSs came out super early in my career, or when they started to really hit some mass adoption and. I think everyone thought at the, at the time, wow, this is going to change the game. There's no more mailing of, of resumes. This, the whole game is going to change the way that we do hiring. Candidates will have such great experience. And I don't think anyone looks back at that and says, we didn't mess, mess that up uh, as an industry <laughs> and say that the applicant tracking system has gone yeah. really well. Right? I mean, uh, and so so I think the, the chance to sort of do it again and to say, you know, what's different this time? How can we really take what we know about consumer experience and all the other things to make really world-class experiences for for our talent, right? And, 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 to, and to come at that with a, with a different lens. 
That, that's a great point. Uh, I think, yeah, I'm definitely really passionate about candidate experience as well. And I, I think there's a lot of different solutions and a lot of different philosophies. What are you seeing as like some of the emerging trends that, that you're favorable towards um, personally? And, and what do you, what do you think is the future there? Like in terms of different solutions? Yeah, there's a lot, right? So I think probably back to personalization is probably number one. I was talking to uh, somebody this morning and I used this example. We we're talking about retail hiring and, and I said, you know, Hey, we should, Make sure we put up a sign that says text apply to one, two, three, four, five, a short code, right? And have them be able to start the process, do it on their phone, the thing they have with them in the moment they're thinking about it within five minutes. <laughs> and that any retailer should understand that. And if they don't, you should say to them, you should take out your cash register <laughs> and just tell everybody that comes into the store, if, you, if they like something, just to leave and go buy it online. And, and then see if they understand <laughs> how the candidate experience is different. Because if you look at retail and some of the frontline hiring, that's the experience uh, applicants get. They come into a store wanting to apply, uh, and someone says, oh, actually, uh, go leave and then apply online somewhere else. And, and I think we just have to think about that that differently from, from that standpoint. And so I think it's just it's all about the different ways that, that technology can help enable positive candidate experiences, thinking somewhat outside in from consumer lenses or other, other inspiration, but just change that experience for the better. Uh, and that's where we have to get as an industry. And as things get more and more competitive, we'll be compelled to do so. And, and for the candidate, that's, that's a good thing. Definitely. I, I definitely agree in terms of personalization and moving towards mobile-friendly applications that are short and simple. That's huge. I think Apple came out with a recent study that said over 5 billion people on Earth have access to smartphones now. And so a large percentage of the population, even in, in rural areas that are, are third-world countries, that didn't traditionally have access to the internet now do through smartphones. So I think that's definitely going to be a kind of a game changer in regards to uh, recruiting for all different industries ac across the, not just you know, the United States, but globally as well. So that's definitely interesting. What, what do you think are some of like, the bigger roadblocks that the companies are facing implementing these different solutions presently? Yeah, uh, good question. So, so I think one of them is, is legacy internal systems. There's still a pretty good, healthy you know, uh, share of companies that are running PeopleSoft, which came out in 1987, and <laughs> running uh, you know old applicant tracking systems, old HCM systems that are difficult to integrate, difficult to to really run in a modern environment. So I think thinking about the core systems that we use there as well, I also just see a little bit of, of paralysis by people as well. Looking at the market and saying, I don't know what to do, so I'm going to do nothing and try to wait it out and to see where, where some of the category leaders emerge. And, and while I think that can be a, uh, an interesting thought, I also think that the, that a bias for action and, and, and getting in and choosing uh, some solutions that will help in, in this market uh, is, is, is more accurately the way to go. And definitely, I think in terms of roadblocks, it's interesting because a lot of companies focus on the employer brand and everything else, but not in the sense of how much it actually costs them, right? If they're a consumer-facing company and you have a poor interview experience, whether it's because you have anachronistic technology that's outdated, like you said, 1987, or whatever the case may be, that's going to cost you a lot as an employer. So it seems like more companies should spend the money up front and get new systems or break legacy contracts to have a better candidate experience because it might save them more, more money in the long run. And I think, like you were saying, there's a lot of companies that kind of get paralysis around that. And, you know, it, they see this big cost up front, but don't look at the long-term ROI on it. Yeah, totally. It's just a matter of doing doing the math in a different way, right? It's doing business math as opposed to HR math. <laughs> right, uh, yep. so think, Thinking about how it, how it impacts the whole business, especially for consumer brands or other 
uh, other folks. And, and companies just have a pretty poor understanding of what um, recruiting and turnover costs them. And you know, we hear a lot of that sounds expensive, but what's what's really expensive is is not having the talent to fuel your business and giving up growth because you can't produce products, you can't move products, you, you can't do the engineering and R and D and, and all the things you need to do to to make business make, make money as a business, particularly <laughs> uh, when the market's fairly hot. That's truly expensive, uh, and, and, and so I think to be able to have the better accounting of all that, move it all forward. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's definitely something that companies probably struggle with in terms of like calculating the cost, right? So just the interview experience, like interviewing one candidate, depending on the role, could be quite expensive, maybe less so on high volume, but more so on like technical or executive search. You're looking at just to interview, you know, one software engineer could cost you know, sure. thousands or tens of thousands of dollars because of the amount that you're paying your engineering Time. leaders or your CEO or right people's time. And so I think it's something that's hard to calculate. And then not only just the interview costs, but what if you could have retained this person extra year longer or hired an extra five or 50 engineers last year if you had a smoother process? I think those are some of the things that are hard that are not so tangible that companies struggle identifying like the actual implied costs or some costs that they're putting into the process. Yeah, and you make a good point there, Jesse. Like it really is about the accounting of that and how we can get better at that as a function. If you look at survey after survey, what is keeping CEOs up at night? What do what CEOs think are, are some of the top challenges? It's talent. And, and I think you and I would both agree that, that talent is, when you boil it all the way down, <laughs> the only differentiator in business today is talent. Um, and, and, and the ability to have, have top talent at your company that are inventing and driving culture and, uh, and all those things. And, and yet, uh, when the rubber meets the road, uh, we often still see um, HR as a cost center. Uh, it, it's somewhat as a, you know, it's value, it's constrained in terms of its, uh, its budget, its ability to, to drive value. Um, and so there's, there's some disconnect between what, what the business is saying at the top end in terms of talent strategy and the execution in talent acquisition. Yeah, definitely. Um, so moving on to the, the next subject, I'm curious, what are you saying is like the best way for companies to stay ahead of the ever-evolving tech changes, um, especially in the recruiting and HR space? Yeah, I mean, part of that comes back to your first question about being curious. So a few things that, that I know I do and my, my team does is is read lots of uh, uh, blogs. We read lots of uh, industry opinions and, and things and obviously make up things for our, our, ourselves. We do demos really regularly with, with new things, understanding, you know, what <laughs> they're going to call you afterwards as well. And you've and, and got to do that, too. And, and not things that are we have no interest in, but things that we want to learn about, things that we want to see the perspective on to say, why, why did you make this company? Why, why is this going to solve for me? What's the use case in that? And understanding where people are coming from and what, what, they're, what, what they're trying to solve. Because it really comes down to like, what's the, what's the available new technology uh, that, that made someone think that they could solve a problem? Then how can that execute in my business problem and try to solve those and, and put those together? So there's a lot of noise out there. What I'll say is <laughs> I, I get 100% of my information from practitioners and 0% from salespeople, <laughs> or I try to anyway. Um, and, and just knowing that there's a lens uh, that, that everyone has understanding those incentives to, to figure out what's, what's what in the industry and be able to do it that way. Yeah, those are great points, and I definitely think there's a lot of things. Just staying ahead of the trends, I, I tell all of our recruiters, at least at Job Mobs, 
same thing, always, you know, read TechCrunch, see what's going on in technology or whatever industry that you're working in and stay ahead of those trends. And it's going to help you uh, stay ahead of the trends in the, your own space of what's, what's working, what's not. And actually, it's funny, one of my favorite things to do that's a little bit more nascent is basically taking interviews with different companies or meeting with different companies to interview with them just to see what the interview process is like. And that's a little off topic from tech specific recruiting, but just to figure out like what makes a good candidate experience? How was my experience? How can it be improved throughout the process? Was it lack of communication from like technology channels, whether it's email or the ATS? What was the note I got when I applied? And just going through that process helps me from a macro level, figure out what I enjoy. And it, obviously at least it's anecdotal, but you can kind of take some of those lessons and apply them to, you know, the best practices that you're trying to implement. So I think that's a, a huge value add that I've, that I've seen for, for myself. Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. Just being able to have that experience and, and doing some journey mapping. Like we, we do things where we look at the um, uh, emotion of job seekers over the course of, of that and sort of the height of expectations right before applying and then the, the uh, all the way down to the uh, being unsure about what's happening in the process and not having good communication. So there's definitely waves, waves there from that standpoint. And I, and I think one analogy that gets overused in our space is that job seeking should be just like online shopping. And while I, I think that there's some principles that apply there in terms of its ease of use, you know, one click apply, those those types of things that are potentially interesting. I think that that neglects to, um, how uh, emotional a job seeking experience can be for people. Definitely. Um, you know, when I'm buying shoes on online, I'm not thinking about, um, you know, uh, my self-worth and whether I'm good enough for this job or I'm not thinking about some of the more deeply emotional things or, or what I'm going to say to my boss when I resign or whatever it is, right? I'm not thinking about the deeply emotional parts of, of job seeking. And I think it's important that we take a, a design thinking lens and think from the candidate's perspective about those emotions involved in the job seeking process and design for that too. Definitely. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think it's, um, yeah, going back to what I was saying is, kind of putting yourself in their shoes. And that's why I actually enjoy once in a while, occasionally taking the interview just to, just to see what it's like to be on that other side of the, the table in an interview. Um, so definitely, that's definitely an interesting point in terms of journey mapping. I've never um, quite heard that in the recruiting sphere. So that's definitely interesting. In regards to solutions that are currently available, what are your favorite technology solutions that you're seeing or really enjoying using in the recruiting space? Yeah, so so that's a good question, and and, and it, there's quite a few different things that I think are, are interesting. It depends a lot on what the business problem is, and so I track about 200 different companies uh, at any given time for what they're up to and what you know have different categories for where they're at. So it was just part of my uh, my both my neuroses and my job, I guess. But some things that, that I think are interesting um, in the candidate experience space is a company not well known called Talentigy. That, that I like. They are, actually their, their gig is, is because there are so many disparate technology solutions, being able to see how the whole journey for a candidate fits together to optimize candidate experience and decrease drop-off throughout the process. So it's sort of a utility, but it's one that I think is really instructive in helping people you know, knit together candidate journeys. I think in the volume space, there's lots of interesting things uh, around automation. Uh, and so, um, uh, of course, some of the chatbot tools like Paradox, uh, some of the light assessment tools like Tradeify, other tools that can help us qualify people relatively quickly to win that speed game and then get them scheduled in. I think uh, Talentify in uh, Orlando is doing some interesting things with Facebook for jobs. I think Facebook is going to be a huge player in the next chapter uh, when it comes to employment advertising. 
uh, much like Google will be, but more in the enterprise space, uh, more, more in the uh, um, ATS and uh, software space, where I think Facebook is squarely focused in ads, but it's going to be a much bigger player than I think most people people realize. Yeah, those are a few of my, my favorite things, I guess, at the moment. Great. And where do you see the future of recruiting, like the next five, 10 years, where that's kind of evolving? I think there's a lot of companies that are doing low level, you know, they say they're using ML and uh, AI, but it's really just automation using algorithms, at least in the current state, right? With some some smart, like trained data sets. But where do you, where do you kind of see the future going in the next, yeah, five, 10 years? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. So I, so I think the next chapter is um, actually is going to be somewhat of a bifurcation around a highly automated experience for um, hourly hires or really hires. You could state that that's where, where the supply is exceeds demand. And then a highly personalized, extremely competitive market, you know this market well, for difficult to fill roles, uh, your, your startup software engineers, and your data architects, those, those types of individuals, where that's going to be incredibly personalized and a real focus on engagement. I mean, you can find anyone these days, right? And so it's all about engagement, employer branding, what's the right messaging, and how do we stay authentic to that? And so I think those are the, the near-term battles. I think the, the, the world shifts a little bit at the ne- next economic downturn. Whenever that actually whenever that happens, I don't have the, my crystal ball the same as yours. <laughs> so I don't really know, but but it will happen at some point, right? And so at, at that point, the calculus will will change some, and and I think being able to hopefully continue to strategically staff our our HR departments, focus some on internal mobility, uh, diversity and inclusion, and be sure that we, we uh, continue on some of the programs that have come in the last five years and push harder on that and not take a step backwards and try to commoditize the higher end, you know, the uh, higher end recruiting. So ultimately I think that the game comes down to giving the, the people the right experience that they want at the right time with the right level of engagement to, to help with the right messages. Uh, and so employer brand being a key, but also being able to automate some of the low level tasks as well. Yeah. Interesting you bring it up. Is there any solutions you know of that are, that are working on both the high, like highly automated, high volume, niche and then also like personalized niche for for candidates that are maybe a higher higher skill set like you know seniors like a senior software engineer or something that's a bit more difficult to find is there any companies that are bridging that gap or is it just point solutions that would somehow have to plug plug in together through apis in some distant future yeah that, it's really the latter to be honest and so we see a lot of companies making tech stacks uh as we're trying to call that which is not really applied correctly but <laughs> i'll give it to them um uh, stacks of technologies, sometimes five, 10, 15 different technologies for a single company to try to make some of their processes work in segmenting, you know, hourly roles from salaried roles or U.S. roles from global roles or however that, however that looks and using some different technology for, for each of those. I think we're just sort of in the early innings where some of those point solution providers, well, and they all are now, trying to build out additional functionality. But I would say where we're at today is, is it takes multiple point solutions to uh, to get the full job done. And that's why, as you opened with, <laughs> open APIs and, and interfaces are so important. Yep, there's a huge competitive advantage to having open APIs. Um, there's things, some companies doing a really good job of it, like like Greenhouse. Um, they have like mm-hmm. some of the most APIs I've ever seen for an ATS, um, at least on the enterprise side. And so, yeah, definitely agree in that regard. Adam, it's been great. What's, uh, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you if they want to learn more about Cielo or yourself? What's the best way? Yeah, so definitely follow me on Twitter, uh, at, at Adam Godson. But also uh, happy to take an email or, or find me on uh, LinkedIn or the method as well. So adam.godson at cielotalent.com or uh, throw me an invite on LinkedIn. So happy to, uh, to connect. 
Awesome. Thanks, Adam. It's great having you on the podcast. Thanks, Jesse, so much. Great, great, great conversation. Appreciate it. This week's episode has now come to an end, but our content doesn't end here. Head over to jessetinsley.com where you can find more valuable resources to hire and keep the ultimate workforce. That's jessetinsley.com. Enjoying this week's episode? Make sure not to miss the next episode. Hit subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.